You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode. And uh, this week the uh, news toys have started to make their way into the hands of reviewers and the public. And as ever, there are those who can't do anything but moan. Anyway, occasionally, as we will find out in this uh, episode, there are a few reasons that people might have a genuine gripe. But anyway, as you can hear, uh, Jim is, you know, rearranging his house in the background there. And <laughs> what? <laughs> That's just the moose. <laughs> You've got a very loud mouse. You ever opened up uh, a page and it's gone full screen and you can't forget how to bloom and well reduce it? <laughs> yeah. I'm at that stage. Where the heck's the way to reduce it? <laughs> it's, uh, I, thought, it? I thought you meant you've got a mouse rearranging your house. <laughs> no, I've just cut the up. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just the mouse and the mouse pad that's normal. Huh? Yeah. All right, we make, seem to be making a lot of noise. There we go. Anyway. <clears throat> so there you go, Jim is here. Who had a coffee kind, kind, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So Jim is here and Nick is here. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. Hello. And uh, we're going to have a look at the stories that caught our eye this week. But I'm going to start off with a different tale, which is a tale of woe. Because. Uh, oh. Oh. Well, the boys from Ooh, the Slack. No, no, the boys from the Slack know what happened. But um, Saturday afternoon, uh, I was driving my hire car because my car has gone in to have some minor repairs to uh, get it through the MOT. Um, mainly, somehow or other, the uh, mount for the windscreen wiper motor has snapped. And uh, you would think that that would just be a, a bracket that bolted to the motor and then maybe to the chassis of the car. But no, it's a moulded in lug. So um, they have to order a whole new motor so that my uh, car will pass the MOT. So as a result, I have a hire car. Um, and Saturday afternoon, I was zooming up the A14, um, you know, at 70 miles an hour when I got a tyre pressure alert. And then the dreaded, um, you know, feeling of an unbalanced wheel. So I, uh, you know, slowed down, moved to the inside lane and pulled into the first lay-by, which was, I don't know, maybe a mile tops. Um, and at which point, of course, the rear tyre was utterly shredded. Um, there you go. Guess what? This brand new hire car has no spare tyre. There is no spare tyre. Apparently, according to the guy who recovered me, he does a lot of people now because modern cars don't come with a spare wheel. Not even a skinny one. So if you get a puncture that's more than a slow nail in the tyre kind of jobber, you are stuffed. 
So, that was bad enough. Then, uh, obviously, the guy came with the flatbed truck to carry me home. Luckily, not very far. I'd only gone about seven miles. And uh, by that time, it was past five o'clock. So, um, everywhere's shut. Everywhere is shut. I phoned the number, um, which is pasted inside the window of the car, for emergency tyre uh, repairs, you know, which is uh, dealt with through the hire company, and they told me the first uh, available appointment to replace the tyre would be Friday. Yes. yes, I'm afraid you can't have an accident till Friday, so yeah, <laughs> so, take it all back. Yes. So, of course, um, by that point, the hire car company is shut. Um, I phoned customer service, which is a, you know, a full-time line. They told me if the tyre people can't come till Friday, my only option would be to speak to QuickFit, get them to come and fit a tyre at my expense, and then claim it back off Europe car later. Um, unfortunately, I don't have 200-odd quid sitting around to buy a new tyre for their expensive car. So, um, right at the moment... And then, of course, everywhere's shut today because it's the Queen's funeral. So uh, no no one I can get to uh, help me out. Not Europe Car, not uh, Quick Fit, not anybody. So, oh joy, lovely. That was, uh, so now I am vehicleless. Um, That's pretty sure you are pretty Shanks rubbish, pony. Sorry, sorry yeah. Jim? You're on Shanks' pony. I am indeed, which is um, all very well to go down the shop. You know, and buy some bacon or, uh, you know, a loaf of bread. But it's not much cock to me when I am supposed to be in Ipswich, which is about 15 miles away at nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. That's not happening. So if if you've got the car on hire and you can't use it, you get money back. I don't know because I'm not paying for it, thankfully. I'm glad to say. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) It's being provided because my car is... um, you know, they not, have to not, wait. Not much point giving you a replacement car that you can't use, though, is it? No. <laughs> well, I used it. I mean, it, it took them a day to find me a car because apparently they didn't have any suitable cars to, you know, hire me, um, which I could live with. You know, the first day they told me the car wasn't going to pass the MOT and they needed to order parts. But, um, yeah, the, an emergency tyre response of six days is not exactly what I'd call... <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'd call very rapid. <laughs> Let's face it, I think they've only they've only hired me the car for uh, 10 days or something. They're going to want it back before the bleeding tyre people come to fix the tyre. So hopefully tomorrow morning I shall have to speak to the depot who actually hired me the car and see if they can do anything about it. And then also I'll have to speak to the, uh, you know, the dealership and see how quickly my car is coming back. But right now I have no car. I'm very. I'm... Take, take some photographs of the area around the tyre. Make sure that they don't claim damages off you. I'm, I'm, I'm very, yeah. very, I'm very, very sorry, sir. I know that you're stranded across all three lanes of the M42, but I'm afraid you're going to have to stay there because we can't get to you till Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the RAC did come uh, fairly rapidly. Well, at least not actually an RAC man, but one of their trusted partner, um, actually Manchets. Uh, Manchets came out who do truck recovery and all sorts of things, so that wasn't too bad. But um, I have visions of an old guy wearing a dusty boiler suit and a flat cap <laughs> coming to your rescue with a vehicle that's probably been condemned twenty years ago. <laughs> I mean, calling it a calling it an emergency service is just ridiculous, isn't it? 
saying, we're gonna, yeah, we can't get to you for four days. That's not an emergency service. Six six days, basically. Six from, days. Yeah. yeah, from Saturday Saturday afternoon um, until they're saying they could come and see me on Friday morning. It is like, yeah. That's... So you need an emergency service to rescue the emergency service. <laughs> that's right, yes. You should have called the International Rescue. <laughs> well, as I say, at least the RAC organised a truck to come and pick me up, which was something, and I was only stuck mm. there for about, I don't know, an hour or something. But, yeah. What is driving? No, no <laughs> spare tyre in modern cars. Bloody hopeless. And um, No, that's right, they don't. I mean, mine hasn't either. None of my last about five cars have had spares. I mean, my... yeah, some some of them you can't even some of them you can't even buy you can't even have the spare in the car. Some of them have a like a a, a hole where the tire would go, mm. but some it's... of them these days are designed to to it's... not have a spare. Simply, it's all to do about efficiency and weight, and yeah, at least cost. that's what they claim. Yeah, cost. But probably more. more. Yeah, probably more cost than anything else. It's um, I mean my my car, my Citroen. C4 does have a tyre. It's a skinny one and you have to wind it down. You know, you go into the boot and you wind the handle and it comes out from underneath. Um, yeah. And that's only four years No, my old. EC4 doesn't, though. No. Yeah, my EC4 doesn't, though. I mean... I just get one of those little squirty kits, which yeah. glad, you know, I've never had to use, fortunately. Well, I can assure you, as the man who rescued me said, you know, I do about three or four people with flat tyres a week now, at least because those squirty kits are 99% of the time useless. If you've driven over a nail and you come out in the morning and find you've got a flat tyre, it might work. But, you know, you're doing 70 yes. mile an, you're doing seventy mile an hour or 60, 70 mile an hour along a main road. By the time that you realise the tyre's gone down and pull over, the tyre's shredded. I'll put the picture. I'll put the picture in the show art. I think because it's absolutely the tire is utterly destroyed. There are huge chunks of the sidewall ripped out of it. Obviously, because I was driving along at speed. But um, what's the, the alloys and are they damaged? Are they okay? There's no other damage. I'm fine. Just the tire's wrecked. No, I mean, with the tire being wrecked, did they damage the the rim? Mm. No, there's no damage to the rim no, of the wheel. Right. So it's just a sweet. replacement tire. Yeah, it should just be a tyre. Mm. No, I've looked at the rim. I can't see any damage to the rim. I assume it must have run. Because I was going in a straight line, there's no reason for the tyre to ring off. But there you go. It was an unpleasant experience, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, owning a car is an expensive business nowadays. I mean, I was I was watching a YouTube uh, um, review of the Land Rover, uh, the commercial version of it. And that's the wee shot wheelbase one. And the chap was saying that uh, the starting price was forty five thousand. Yeah. Uh, by the time he added on all the extras, it was fifty five thousand. And yeah. things like a scuff plate at the back on the back door was like four hundred quid, mm. five hundred quid. And you just wonder where they get the, the you know the prices for the replacement parts. Probably a five quid's worth of mail. Uh, yeah. But not not having a spare tire that that's just that's really penny pinching. That is. It's, it's, you should get a spare tire. Yeah, definitely. That's that's why that's why nowadays you, I mean, it started off with the commercials when when I was in driving heavy goods. Um, we 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 used to do our own tires. You know, we'd change a, a, a puncture at the side of the road. Then they started with the insurance company 
doesn't want you to do that now because I think they get claims for people getting injured mm. um, for doing stupid things. Um, so it started that you had to call out the breakdown boys, and then it, this um, started going into the you know, the car side of the world where you couldn't do this. You know, re- replace the tire. It's just gone ridiculous. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that is my tale of woe for the week. Um, after after you know. Um, Suffolk Pete said, <laughs> the death of the Queen put the tin lid on the year. Well, now I've had a, another something to put another cap on the top of it. Anyway, shall we move on? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, a lot of the stories this week are, of course, about uh, the iPhone 14s and um, a variety of bugs, glitches and other complaints. Um, and starting off, apparently, iPhone 14 Pro camera shakes and makes mechanical noises if you use it via TikTok, Snapchat and other third-party apps. Um, Not good, I guess. Um, It says here, um, and this is uh, Cult of Mac, um, iPhone 14 Pro owners report the camera on their device begins to shake uncontrollably in third-party apps, um, and this weird glitch occurs in popular apps including TikTok, TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram. The shaking only occurs when using the built-in camera of these apps. Some strange mechanical noises inside the phone accompany this shaking. Um, Apparently, the problem does not appear to affect all i14 Pro owners, but a sizable number. It remains unclear if this is a hardware or software problem. Um, To be honest, it sounds... The link link that you've put in says several. What's that? That could be five, six, seven. <laughs> yeah, it says several. It doesn't mm. say a, a large number. It says several. No, but then later so on, I don't they... know where they've got no. a large number from. No, but anyway, there is a there is an easy solution. Just don't use these apps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there are pictures in here. It is, you know, it looks like a fairly, you know, very mm. annoying. Um, it could problem. be a. It could, it could ease, well. It could be a a batch problem because you know they've had that that in the mm. past, haven't they? Mm. It's unusual that it's working in Apple's apps, but not in these. Well, it says here um, if you use the stock camera app to take photos and then share them, you will avoid the uncontrollable camera shaking. So that sounds very much to me like a software issue. Um, it's basically yeah. if you use the you know inside the app, you click. Get, take a photo and then this problem may occur um there we go um not sure what to say about that i'm hoping it is a you know well i'm sure apple will deal with it one way or another if it's software i'm sure they'll patch it and um if it's a batch problem with some kind of um mechanical issue i'm sure they'll replace the phones but there we go yeah right. there's always these kind of strange issues when they launch things i mean the it's such a complicated system. Mm. There's bound to be some teething problems. You would, you would have thought to, to, that that would have been found out through the testing phase. Beta testing, yeah, phone. you would have thought so. You would have thought yeah, so, yeah, wouldn't you? I agree. Um, it says here, That's Apple, weird, anyway. Yeah, Apple says the iPhone 14 Pro lineup has second-generation sensor shift optical image stabilisation, which could be the reason behind incessant camera shaking. Um it could be the software is just making the anti-shake move 
much yep. more than it really needs to. Yeah. It, it just sounds like a software issue. Mm. As it says, oh, could, it but, be, oh, yeah. could it be that uh, could it be that Snapchat are applying something that is disagreeing with what Apple's doing? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Anyway, one yeah. way or another, I'm sure it will. Um... Fixed. Annoying if it suff- if you suffer from that. Obviously, if your shiny new toy doesn't appear to be working properly. Um, uh, digital trends have a piece here. Apple's iPhone 14 Plus has a pricing problem bigger than it is. Um, I don't really agree with this, to be honest, but um, I thought we'd put it in here. Um, basically, the premise of this argument is that the price delta between a standard... Uh, iPhone 14 and the plus is too large and that uh, at that point it's uh, 950 British pounds Um, and at that point you know why not consider going up to the uh, iPhone 14 Pro Um, but Mm -hmm. I I think that this is a False equivalence. This is if another, you, will. you know, that's a false this equivalence. This is another half. It? This is another half story, though, Simon. Mm. I mean, it says it says that it's trailing the the thirteen mini when it comes to forecasted sales. Yeah, I mean, that's another so one not, it's not it's not saying it's not selling as well. It's saying it might not based on the forecasts. Well, that's you know, so it's not yes. actually a story. Uh, I, could, I mean, okay. The, the the point. I guess the point about the price delta is semi-valid, but to say for a hundred quid more you can get um, an iPhone Pro, but that's a false equivalence because if you want the large screen, the price delta goes up a lot more than that because you're going to have to buy um, the Pro Max, which is you know that's always the case, though, isn't it? I mean, it's always yeah. the case that people will say about almost anything that if you spend more, then you can get this. Well, of course you can, (laughs) but you might not have the money to spend more. (laughs) Exactly. I I can see where they're coming from. I I, I can see where they're coming from. They're saying that uh, if you pay the extra £100 or dollars, you'll get a much better phone. But they're forgetting that if you do go to the Pro, you're not getting the same size of phone. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's... People who are wanting the big screen would want to go for the big screen and the Pro if they're going to move to a Pro. So mm. then that means it's going to cost them even more than $100 or £100. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the difference between the Pro and the Max? Um, uh, it's exactly the, the, the same. 14, it's exactly Max the same. and 14 Pro Max. It's exactly the same sort of comparisons they say when they say electric cars are mm. significantly more expensive than petrol cars. Well, I'm no, I've no doubt that they are, but quite often what they're doing is comparing the electric car to the base model of, of the petrol car. And then, of course, there's a big difference because the electric car has all the gizmos and all the yep, all the, that the top model yeah. has. It tends that, to be it's, a it's fully a completely invalid out. comparison. <clears throat> yes, it is. I, yes. I think I think it's a I think it's a case of if you if you're willing to pay for pay the price for a 14 plus and not the pro version, then you're losing out on all the bells and whistles if you don't go for the pro version. Yeah, but you've not got the you've not got the funny islands. You've not got the screen. You've not got the cameras and stuff like yeah. that. So, so that way, it's a good. It would be a good to mummy. That would be a good thing to do. Is spend the extra hundred if you don't mind losing yeah. the screen size. Uh, but it's, yes, it's right. a if weird you, if you story. Want the, 
That's right. If you want the yeah. features, go for one. If you want the screen yeah, size, it's, go it's for a, the other. It's a weird story. It is a weird story. They're not, like you're saying, they're not, they're not comparing like for like. No, they're not really. They're not at all. Yeah. And, you know, as I said last week, if I was to go for a 14, I would want the plus, but I'm not interested in any of the pro features. You know, the dynamic but, yeah. island is nice, but I'm not prepared to pay another 300 quid or something to get it. And if I want the big screen, no. if, you know, I want the big screen. Yeah, but if you think back, this this same story came out with the uh, 13 Pro and the 13 mm. uh, iPhone, and it came out with the 12 oh, iPhone and 12 they just bring it Pro. Up. It's the same story every year. Well, it's, they did do yeah. the same all the time. You know, if you've got more money to throw at it, you can get a better mm. machine. Well, yeah, fine, but do you need all the bells and whistles? So just, yeah, the, you know, it's, a, it's not much of a story. And then they're, right they're doing at, a Forbes. You know, then right at the bottom here, as it, after the bit that... Um, Nick pointed out about seems to be trailing in sales, right? It's worth noting mm. that the audience for iPhone pre-orders is exactly the same audience that would make these kinds of calculations, right? You're not shelling out a thousand dollars sight unseen. Thus, it sends to stands to reason the iPhone 14 Plus may do better after release to the general audience who simply doesn't care about these things and wants the cheapest, biggest iPhone they can buy. So, <laughs> yeah, which is the 14 Max. Yeah, yeah. Well, 14 Pro. So it's uh, it's, you know, it's a nothing. It article. shoots the story down. Yeah, uh, yeah. There we are. I mean, I, I had a look at the um, the Max. Um, sorry, the uh, 14 Pro. Uh, I just got the 13 Pro about a month or two ago, mm. and I thought, okay, what's what's the deal you would get to trade it against the 14 Pro? And uh, I got shocked. Um, it was roughly half the value of you know the the fourteen Pro. Yeah, I would get and trade. And my my phone's you know they say it's only a month or two old. And I spent well, I spent seven hundred. I think on it, I got a good deal with my trading. Yeah, and I'm thinking that's a heck of a drop in price. Yeah, you know, five five hundred pound for a a fourteen Pro. Yeah, uh, thirteen Pro. Yeah, I wouldn't go for Apple's trade-ins, not in the no. UK because they're not they're not good enough. No, they're not. So um, there we are. Uh, uh, apparently, Apple's iPhone dominates the used smartphone market in Indonesia. Um, I would say the only, um, before we go on to that, the only comment in that other article was if you want a large phone um, and you want most of the Pro features, you know, maybe you should look at a 13 Pro Max because obviously, you know, they'll be coming on the market at a cheaper price now that the uh, 14s are out, but, you know. Yeah, fair point. That's about the only point in the article that was worth, you know, really stood up. Mm. If, if you take the argument to uh, to the extreme, if you want a bigger screen for for better value, don't buy an iPhone. <laughs> you can get bigger phones for much less money. Well, you can. If you're willing to go to Android. Uh, yeah, but then again, you've got to accept that you'll probably only get 18 months to two years out of it before it's um, out of support. Mm. Whereas you can, you know, expect at least five years of support for your iPhone. Mm. 
I, um, I think it's much more valid to look at the user experience. And I mean, my experience of the user experience yeah. of Android phones is if you're a geek, they're fine. If you're not, they're, they're really not that easy to use. Yeah. Um, I think iPhones are much easier to use, but there you go. That's because yeah. of mm-hmm. bias, probably. <laughs> probably because you've got an Apple bias, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, right, so Apple's iPhone dominates the used smartphone market in Indonesia. Well, I don't know. Fine. whoop de doo I don't know what to say about that. That's, um, <laughs> wow, you know, okay. <laughs> Probably for the same reason that we just mentioned. Yeah. You know, if, a, a second-hand yeah, I mean, we iPhone. Ought to, we ought to make a point of it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, a second-hand iPhone. We ought to make iPhone. a point of it for our Indonesian listeners, really, shouldn't mm. we? Yeah. I suppose, but well, I'm just saying, and I, I suspect the reason behind that is because a second-hand iPhone, you know, if it, even if it's a year or two old, is still going to get three years' worth of support. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's still a modern iPhone. Yeah, you know, and and it was, oh, it was a phone that just got updated software-wise uh, with Apple. It was a sorry, a, a, a rare update iPhone. I don't remember. Um, what's that? Uh, the, the you've got to you've got to have an eight, I think, to get the latest update. No, no, there was there was an update to one of the older operating systems. Oh yeah, just recently. Yeah, the um, uh, if, iOS fifteen <coughs> just got an update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think did an, even an older one, twelve something. You I wouldn't think. get that with Android. True. Yeah. There was a security update, certainly for 15, and I think there might have been one for iOS 12, which fixed the, you know, zero day. So there you go. Um, we've got one here, somebody complaining that uh, watch iOS 9 uh, complications have completely ruined the simple watch face. This is on 9 to 5. Um, basically, he doesn't like the fact that the new uh, the new complications in iOS 9 are more um, expansive than the old ones. Um, be honest. Has he not has he not realised he can switch them off? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But what he you're saying is he, to use them. no, he doesn't have to lose them. <laughs> but I, yeah. I kind of sort of see what he's saying. If you look at the pictures at the head of this article, the the old ones have. You know, just the little tiny icons which you tap on to expand them. The new one has, for example, the weather one has an arc showing the expected temperature variation across the day with a dot showing you where they are. And, uh, you know, the the date and the date is shown as a more like um, a mechanical one would have been. So it shows you like yesterday's date, today's date and tomorrow's date and the day in the corner. Fine, but yes, other than that, if you don't like the complications because you want a super ultra clean watch face, don't use any. I don't think they look particularly unsightly. So, um, it's it's a matter of choice, isn't it? Yes. If you don't like them, then you don't like them. End of story. Yeah, that's the end of it. It's like, um, you know, I like the old ones better. Well, sorry, mate. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's not what they're like anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't look like that anymore. Bad luck. Um, turn them off or change to another face. Um, oh, now this one, um, the iOS uh, 16's haptic keyboard is blooming great, and here's how to turn it on. This one's on Cult of Matt. Um, and, yes, I agree with this because I've obviously I'm on the betas, and I've had the haptic keyboard on my phone since they uh, introduced it in the beta. 
and it's lovely. It's very subtle, but you do get a, a distinct click as you tap on the uh, on the keys. Oh, okay. Is that an accessibility thing or? No, it's just a general. Do you know? Is that in that, just a general setting? Oh, just okay. in general settings in haptics, I think. Um, ah, okay. I but you, you, that. you've got to have iOS 16 for that, actually. Um, oh, is that still in beta? Yeah, at the moment. Or is it that? Oh, yeah, it is. Right. Um, is oh, iOS? Okay. Yeah, no. Is iOS 16 out? Yes, it is, is, isn't it? It's out for the iPhone, but not for the iPad. No, not for the iPad because that's. Oh, not I think, I think it's available for the. I lose track. I lose yes, track of which one we're on. Don't, don't we all? Uh, I think it's um, available on the um, HomePods and possibly the Apple TV, but I'm not sure. Oh, right. Um, yeah, certainly got the update for the iPods. Let me have a. It seems a bit odd when you. It's a dumb thing. Uh, Sounds and haptics. Yes, you can have keyboard. If you oh. go into sounds and haptics, you can have keyboard feedback, sounds, which is the old clicking, and now you can have haptic, which creates a very gentle tap as you um, type. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not it's sure. So gentle, like you can barely not. feel it. It's it's very subtle, um, it's and there's no really need. subtle. You can't can barely feel it. No, you can, but once you've been using mm. it, you know. <laughs> Once you've been using it, if you turn it off, you will notice it. But there you go. It's, um, I like it a lot. Yeah. So there we are. Fair enough. Um, that's the sound. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the clicky sound. I don't have that on. That I had that on on my yeah. first iPhone for about six months and then got bored of it and turned it off. But, um, yeah, the haptic is, is very, very pretty subtle, but it, it's there and it's nice. I don't know if it's worth having on, to be honest with you. It's too subtle, I think. It depends on your hands. I mean, I've got old, old arthritic hands, so I'm surprised they can't feel it. I su- yeah, I su- you keep telling us you, you don't have any uh, any fingerprints. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it might <laughs> no, have no, I've got them back. You I've probably ripped back. them away. No, I've no, got them back because I've been doing the sanding recently. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. It might. I was going to say it, it might have less to do with whether you've got arthritic hands and more to do with the fact that you've got no. calloused hands from doing all that. You know, muckle hands. <laughs> there we go. Um, Apple executive confirms that incessant iOS sixteen clipboard paste permission prompts are a bug. Um, I have noticed this. To some extent, while I've been on the betas, which if you copy something, say, from an email and go to notes to paste it into a note, it will say uh, notes what requires permission to, you know, paste from mail or whatever. Although, in my experience, um, if you give it permission once, it doesn't ask again. But I don't do enough cut and paste across apps on the whole to really notice i mean it's mildly annoying i suppose it requires an extra tap to say yes but apparently this is a bug of some sort and it will be fixed um, uh, apparently um what does it say here um yeah i messages would like to paste from safari do you wish to allow this yes no basically um iphone users are seeing an annoying behavior in the system presents a clipboard paste permissions prompt almost quote unquote every time the user has to paste some text to it from another app um apple svp craig federighi over email uh told um 
a Mac Rumors reader who had shared his frustrations um, that Apple executive Ron Huang confirms this is a bug. Uh, iOS is not meant to prompt users or post permission when they explicitly choose the paste action uh, from the menu. Explicit user action is meant to imply intent and not require clipboard permissions to be granted. Um, if it works correctly, the number of permission prompts seen by users would be greatly reduced, as then the confirmation alert would only appear if an app is trying to read clipboard content without user interaction. Um, there we go. Um, the email feature request asked for clipboard access permissions to be included in settings privacy panel so that apps can have genuine uses for the clipboard autonomously can be authorized to do so permanently without requiring a permission dialogue. Hoang said this suggestion was a good improvement, although did not so go so far as to commit that this would be an implement. So there you go. If you're bugged by that, Apple will sort it at some time, probably in the near future. But uh, there we are. I have noticed it, but I can't say it's annoyed me at any time. I just assumed it was uh, one of those things that uh, Apple have implemented to make sure you know, apps aren't accessing the clipboard without you knowing. Um, have you... Have you... Are you re- back to the old uh, Apple adverts, TV adverts yeah. of allow and deny, allow yeah. and deny. Confirm or deny, <laughs> confirm or deny. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't seen it repeatedly that I'm aware of. I have seen it, but it's easy enough. Just go yes, allow, and that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that one. Uh, apparently, according to BGR, iPhone 14 Pro may freeze while transferring data from old iPhones, um, which is annoying, uh, if, you know. Um, yeah, I suggest that, it, that if you're going to set up a new iPhone, just connect it to iCloud. That just... <laughs> Just don't do any transferring. Just connect it to iCloud. Well, what it says and here... And let it update itself. Uh, the memo explains some iPhone 14 Pros or 14 Pro Max models have been freezing and becoming unresponsible after iCloud data restore or quick start data transfer from your old phone. Um, the company tells users who experience this problem to force restart the phone if it freezes for more than five minutes. Um, it's unclear whether the freezing actually impacts the data transfer process, so make sure all your data is there once you've rebooted. Um, so when they're talking about an iCloud data restore, are they talking about yes, plugging it are. in? No. They're talking, yeah. what, um, what BGR suggests here is uh, Apple will probably offer a permanent fix soon enough, but if you're about to purchase an iPhone 14 Pro or Pro Max, the best solution may be to back up to your Mac or PC and then um, restore your new iPhone using your backup. Uh, we suggest you use an encrypted backup, uh, which will ensure you move all of the data from your old phone. Um, so are they saying do a backup and then do a clean? Um... Well, no, when you do, um, when you set up a new phone, it will say, do you want to, you know, restore data from, uh, and it, well, I think it offers you from iCloud, from your Mac or PC, or via the magic transfer from your previous ah, phone. Right. Okay. Um, 
John Gruber has suggested several times that over the last few years, the best way to do it is actually to use the magic transfer from your old phone because it's quicker than doing it from iCloud or, um, you know, and less fiddly than backing up to your Mac or PC and then restoring it. But um, <coughs> saying, saying it could happen, I'm a little bit confused. So it's still it's saying it can happen if you just connect your phone to iCloud and, let, and, and restore from a backup over mm. iCloud. Yes. Is that right? That's what yes. it's saying, yeah. Oh, right, okay. <coughs> Um, this has been a problem that's happened for years and years. You, you could have problems with you know, yeah. the data transfer, but it doesn't mean I've it never. will happen. No, um, no I've, 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 I've had a few occasions when I've got new phones and done the you know the, the phone on top of the other phone to transfer. And on the whole, yeah, it generally worked, but you do get the odd occasion where it, uh, it sticks halfway, but um, you, can, you can get that with any device, really. Yes. Yes, it's, yeah, it's yeah. obviously a software issue. I've always, uh, I've always just connected it to iCloud and let it and let mm-hmm. it restore it from a backup. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, the, 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 I don't uh, mind I, waiting. Yeah, when when I bought my iPhone 13 Pro, uh, it was done in the store by the salesman, um, and all all it was was a case of you know stick the phone on top of the other one and let it go on with it, and it, it worked fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what they appear to be saying here is that the freeze tends to happen at the end of the transfer. So, in theory, if mm-hmm. you simply reboot your phone and check that all the data is transferred, you should be fine. It just appears oh, right. to be a minor, mm-hmm. you know, a minor annoying bug, which no doubt, again, will get fixed. Teething problems as ever. I mean, <coughs> you get the same problem with um, HomePods. I, I, I was left... <laughs> Exceedingly frustrated by the end of you know setting my two uh, home pods up last week, which I bought to replace the um, sound bar and woofer that I had, and I had a heck of a time just getting the two of them to actually you know to work. Um, so it's not it's not just the iPhone; it's got problems. It just seems to be uh, Apple's software hasn't improved over the years. I think a lot of us down to it's too complex now. There's, you know, there's too much being transferred. I don't know. It's, yes, I'm becoming old cynic. My, my, you, you know my comment. It just works. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. You know, it's just I don't know. So I, I think um, I think it used to just work because there was mm-hmm. a, when Steve came back, there was a very small number of devices to actually work with. Mm. And I think as they've spread, um, as the, you know, they've gone to this regular twelve-month update of phones, and it just it just means that they're having to cover so many different phones and so many different operating systems mm-hmm. um, that it doesn't always work with all the machines, you know, with all the phones or or, or all yeah. the computers. But- I, like you, like you, Jim, I've had occasions, even with my Mac, where something appears mm-hmm. to freeze. Uh, and when you reboot it, it, it's fine. It's actually done it. It's just sort of like it. It's like it just doesn't have to stop properly. Yes, I've I've had that. Oh, look at um, when I put iOS 16 onto my iPhone 13 Pro. Um, the update went from uh, a few minutes to, as you saw, saw by my running commentary and uh, the Slack group, it went from a few minutes to many hours. <laughs> for for this to set up, and it kept going back and forward, you know, like six hours. One it was one point, and then it went down to like forty odd minutes, and back up again. 
don't know. I've, I understand. The... Well, when you're doing something like that, and I've experienced that, I've experienced it on my Mac and on my phone. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a new update, particularly if it's um, if it's when something's just been released, mm-hmm. what what it as far as I can figure out, um, what it does is it's measuring the amount of data that's coming down and calculating how long it will take to finish based mm. on you know extrapolating that data flow forward. So if you're pulling it down from a server that's under heavy load because the whole world is trying to download iOS 16 right now, mm, yeah. um, it, it will say, oh, we're getting plenty of data in a minute. That's going to take 40 minutes. Then the data slows down because, you know, the server's under heavy load and it goes, oh, well, at this rate, it's going to take seven hours. And then mm-hmm. then the data picks I, I up think again. We tend to forget, I think we tend to forget as well, don't we, how complex the internet is. Oh, yes. Um and our own network. I mean, yeah. some, someone might be, I'm not suggesting this is you, Jim, by the way, but some people may have family who are, you know, playing a game at the same time as you're trying to download something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think, definitely. Why is this so slow? Yeah, when do you pull? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yeah, we've, got, we've gotten so used to things happening instantly now with, you know, 5G and all that sort of stuff. And you, yeah. you expect to see this sudden ooh, flash. It's, it's, it's changed or updated. Yeah. And then when you get hit with something that's, you know, it's been slowed down, you, you tend to get frustrated by it. As, as long as it all works at the end of the day, that's, that's the main thing. Um, but yeah, but we've got too used to it. <laughs> It's a little yeah. bit like uh, it's going to take twenty minutes. Twenty yeah. minutes. Uh, you know, back in the day, it was uh, yeah. Well, grab your 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 two hundred floppy disks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and insert them one at a time for the next ten hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh dear, yeah. Just I remember. Um, well, a long, long time ago. Who remembers ISDN? I remember. Oh, ISDN. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, having to send something. Uh, I don't know, Australia or somewhere it had to go. And it was too big for email in the days when email would only send something about one to two megabytes. And uh, we had something to send, and it, I don't know, it was about nine megabytes in size. So we put it on the ISDN, and it, we had to leave it overnight because it was like, this is going to take about six hours. So Yes. <laughs> and nobody, right. nobody batted an eye at that point. It was like, well, well. No, it will go. We'll just leave it to run overnight, and um, hopefully in the morning it will be complete. And nobody, everybody thought that was fabulous, because the alternative would have been to try and send a CD or something by air freight to Australia. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we are. Modern, modern day users of, of uh, the internet. Uh, don't know how good they've got it because you remember the days of the dial-up, all the oh, wee yeah. noises it made. Yeah, several, eight, several hours of your life was lost to the. Yeah, I, rem- I remember downloading it. I remember downloading a ten megabyte file once. I think that took an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching a keynote, and it was like a postage stamp size screen. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, in good old um, you know, six forty by four eighty quick time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in the day. Nobody to eat cake. 
and and we're all amazed by that you know that's the Mm -hmm. thing right then that was amazing we we get spoiled and we forget we really do um and the other thing is talking about progress bars uh oh it's probably a long time ago now but i remember on um atp i think it was marco explaining that um progress bars are hard (laughs) they're actually you know, a combination of all sorts of things, and the computer has to try and calculate a whole load of unknowns and guess. Um, and actually, from a developer's point of view, they're a very difficult thing to implement, and to some extent, to implement an accurate uh, progress bar is almost impossible. So, yeah, are. I mean, somehow you need, in some ways, you need a, you need. <laughs> Somehow you need a separate program that is monitoring it because yes. if it's part of the same program, then it can be affected by the things you're trying to measure. Yes, <laughs> exactly. As he said, you know, what you've got is you're trying to measure data flow. And even if you know how much data you've got, then depending on the machine and what it does as it downloads, the, you know, and installs whatever it is, um, there are times when what what it's installing into the system may actually stop the progress bar working altogether. So, yeah. it, you know... And, and never mind, I mean, these days as well, I mean, it, it, might, it might just suddenly say, oh, I'm sorry, that line's congested. I'm going to send you via Scandinavia now. Mm, yeah, <laughs> precisely. Um, also, you know, on the reverse, I often get things like when I'm doing updates on my Mac or... Um, installations where the progress bar will get halfway up and then it's done it never completes it just like oh it's done <laughs> no so, <laughs> yeah you're looking at it thinking the one oh, this... the one the one that always makes me laugh is the uh um uh about one minute to go oh yeah oh, <laughs> the one yeah. minute the one minute to go is always at least 10 minutes <laughs> yeah that's it it's the biggest lie in computing isn't it about one minute to finish <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah. Never, never believe that <laughs> ever. Never believe that. I think the longest I've had it stuck on sort of five minutes or one minute to go is about two hours. But there we go. <laughs> yeah, just a special computer. I've said this before. The computer minutes are a bit different from real minutes. They're somewhat elastic. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, Cult of Mac say iPhone Pro needs a radical color. Uh, revolution which is basically somebody complaining that the you know the the colors that uh apple describe are often insipid and um weedy um and he's ordered apparently ordered a deep purple uh phone and says actually it's a pale lilac and um you know indoors it looks just like a muddy gray so um yeah i've got the blue iPhone 13 Pro, and kind of agree with some the the color is a bit insipid, but I'm not in the world. No, no, it gets covered yeah. in a case anyway. So, yeah, not a bit like uh, a little bit like when I um not this car, but the car I had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought. I think what I think what it was is the company I was buying it from were buying them as uh company cars, but they'd got some spares that they were selling separately. So it was coming over in one big shipment. And he said, uh, he emailed me to say, what color would you like? <laughs> and so I said, well, I quite like red. And he said, you've got a choice of black and gray. <laughs> yeah, more colors. So, They're shades. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, I, 
you know, I I kind of see his point because he's at the at the top of this article. Uh, there's a photograph which I assume he took himself of a quote unquote purple iPhone uh, leaning up against an aubergine, which it is most definitely not purple. And then um, there's a product grey. And then there's a product shot from Apple, uh, all new deep purple, which looks distinctly purple. Um, purple. Yeah. So, uh, but actually. Uh, you sure he hasn't got a white one? <laughs> but, that's that's weird the way that's turned out, isn't it? I suppose mm, it's all about lighting and yeah. There we go. So, and he's not the first person. I mean, you, Kevin... you seen purple, uh, Nick? Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, you seen purple, Nick? Makes me think of Babylon Five. Babylon Five. Remind me why? Well, there's a there's a race that um, every, every so often they'll have a a war between themselves and they choose colours and that's the side they fight with. So purple was the one of the colours. Oh right. You well, need to watch the show to, to no, get Oh I it. did, but I can't I have lost I've forgotten completely. You can't remember? I can't remember oh. now. I'll try and remember the race it was. Was it the Derosi? I think it was the Derosi. Oh right, okay. Yeah. No, no, I completely forgotten that. Well we should be watch it, it's good. Well, it's go. good. It is a good series. I do, I do kind of agree though. I do kind of agree with them because a lot of the iPhone colours really are quite. They're so subtle as to hardly be there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I tend to go for the black or base grey or whatever colour. Perhaps they, they were to have different levels. Perhaps they could have. Perhaps they could have uh, subtle, uh, subtle, obvious, and garish. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And have the same colours, but in you know in but, those categories. You know the old the old um, iPod Minis used to come in a selection of you know fairly bright colours, didn't they? Red and yeah, cyan and sort mm-hmm. of gold yellow colour. Um, I don't know. They seem to have gone very weedy at the moment, and I think it would help if they were a somewhat more obviously green or blue. Or you know, people do like. To I'm have sure it's colours. something fashionable. It's something fashionable that I don't understand because mm. I don't understand fashion. <laughs> there we are. So, uh, but they're not the first people I know. You know, Kelly Gamont was bemoaning the fact that they were all what she described as Easter egg colours, by which I assume she meant pastel. Um, there we are. So, you know, if you don't go and look at them in the shop first before you order one, perhaps. Oh. What's that? I don't know. That that was some clicking. I don't know what that was. Anyway, there we are. Uh, Let's press on because we're, uh, you know, we're going along. Uh, We finally know what the iPhone 14 Pro Max's mega pill looks like and why the dynamic island exists. This is from Slash Gear. Um, They show a picture of it taken. Oh, we show a picture of it taken indoors. Oh. Oh I'll, try and say, I'll try and silence it. That's my phone. Let's <laughs> say uh, flicker. May uh, find this. There's my sound. Ah. Uh, anyway, they say like so. He's got some pictures of the dynamic island taken inside, and then he's taken one out saying, "Bright sunlight exposes the ugly side of the dynamic island, where you can actually see the uh, you know the camera and the 
um, sensor array through the through the glass, and I'm a bit like, oh, boo hoo hoo, really? Yeah, uh, the secret is don't take very bright lights and shine them on your phone. Yeah, otherwise you can't see your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. so there you go. There's a picture that shows exactly what's inside the mega pill or the dynamic island, or call it what you will. And uh, he's bemoaning... as you say, certainly not worth pay- certainly not worth paying three hundred quid just to get that. <laughs> but you know, he's bemoaning it, and I'm like, boo hoo hoo! I'm so sad for you. Yeah, in a life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Um. Digital Trends have a, have a M2 MacBook Air versus M2 MacBook Air, which is the best new or old comparison. Um, not the first one of these we've seen, but, uh, you know, interesting enough. Gives you a full breakdown of the price con- configurations and so on. Um, so their conclusion is the M2 is better, but the M1 offers amazing value. Yep, which is what Yeah, the M2 got. is better if you need if you need more power. But yeah. <laughs> as we've already pointed out, most of us who own the M1s don't need any more power, so yeah. Save your money and buy the M1. Yeah, it's it I mean that's usually the conclusion of all these articles comparing the M1 Air and the M2 Air. Um I would say much the same. If you you know, the M2 Air is nice and the M you know, M1 is still a bloody brilliant machine and will last you for years. If you're on a budget, you don't really necessarily need to spend out for an M2. Uh, same same as we were saying before, really. Choose choose what you really need and uh, buy that one. Um, I think that's also, of course, why the M1 is still on sale. They're offering you an option. Um, a little while ago, uh, there, was an, uh, there was a Tim Cook, Johnny Ivan, Laureen Powell discussed the steve jobs archive um the full video is now available uh and there's a link to mac rumors who have a link to that uh to that video if you wish to watch tim cook johnny ivan laureen powell talking about um talking about steve and other things um and uh this one is one that is uh News that surprises no one yet again. Uh, iPhone 14 Pro 48 megapixel photo raw photos take three times more storage than a 12 megapixel shot. Ooh, big surprise there. Um, apparently, if you take a Pro raw 48 megapixel shot, it could take up to about 100 megabytes of storage space. So, yeah, you if you if you if you if you have a lot of data that tends to take up more space than if you use less data yes <laughs> that seems to be uh <laughs> that seems to be the gist of it yeah if it's yeah. Re- if you put something really really big in a box it takes up quite a lot of the box <laughs> <laughs> exactly so news that surprises no one um i'll move on um oh i'll tell you what before we move on john nemo is back john nemo is back with his hardware store so why don't we take five minutes while we go over to John, who has um, a selection of products he is going to tell us about. So uh, we'll take five while John tells you about the Skosh products. So over to you, John. Nemo's Hardware Store is back with the first in a series of reviews of products by our friends at Skosh. S-C-O-S-C-H-E. Skosh.com. The first item costs $50. They're called Thud Buds. 
T-H-U-D-B-U-D-S, Thudbuds TWS Black or Thudbuds TWS White. $50 in the U.S. for true wireless in-ear headphones with the loop around the ear to keep them from flying off your head. We're almost finished with our testing and all of our reviewers say these are exceptional value at $50 U.S. Well built like everything at Skosh. Terrific price point. The good thing is they come in white. So if you drop them somewhere, you'll be able to find them. That's so important to me. Everything that comes in only black is a mistake. So you can get these in black or white. So follow the links in our show notes here at Essential Apple for the Thud Buds TWS Black from Skosh. And you can read some of the comments and the reviews. These are definitely something to consider if you're a heavy exerciser, if you like doing stuff where your ears and your head are going to sweat. The next item is the GoBat, G-O-B-A-T 10K, Compact 10K MAH Dual Port Power Bank. I'm holding it in my hand. It is small. It easily fits in the palm of my hand. It's a little bit smaller than the palm of my hand. It's medium weight, 10,000 MAH black portable power battery that charges up, has a regular flat USA port at one end and a USB-C port at the other end, and that's it. 10,000 is now the minimum we recommend whenever you get a portable battery. This is $55 in the U.S. As I said before, it's incredibly well-built like everything at Skosh. It's got a nice smooth texture. There's no sharp edges. It can go in your pocket, your purse, your tote, your backpack, anywhere you want to go with it. And it will charge your phone, your iPad, everything that uses regular USB or USB-C, because there's one of each for $55. This is a top-rated product. And again, read some of the reviews. does one thing, does it perfectly well for two different interfaces. The GoBat 10K. Take this with you everywhere you go, so you're never without power when you're out and about. Well done, Skosh. The last item is my favorite. The other two are really good, but this is really good. For $45 in the U.S., it's the PowerVolt Traveler 30 from Skosh. PowerVolt Traveler 30. Wall and car travel charger. $45 in the U.S. It does two things. You can plug it in to a North American two-prong AC outlet, or you can plug it in to your car's 12-volt charging port previously called the cigarette lighter. Two different identical functions to charge using either wall power or car power. And then it has one port for USB-C. There's more and more of our devices have USB-C. When I'm in the car with my big iPad Pro, it never is going to run out of power, even if I'm driving from Arizona to California. It keeps it charged. And when I come home, I want to charge up my headphones or any other stuff that has USB-C. I can plug it right in. It's a dedicated single-port USB-C output with a dual input of power from the wall AC or from the 12-volt in the car. Folds up neatly, and again, it's smaller than the palm of my hand. And I do want to compliment Skosh on the build quality of all three of these items, plus the other things that we're going to be describing in future episodes of Nemo's Hardware Store. I just like the way they make their stuff, the design, the smooth edges, the reasonable price point, and the quality and the dedicated functionality. So check these out from Skosh for charging in the car, charging on the go, charging from the wall, and then listening on the go. That's it for now. Back next week. Glad to be back here 
at Essential Apple, Nemo's Hardware Store. Uh, okay, so thank you, John, for that uh, review of the Skosh products. And the as ever, the uh, links will be in the show notes. And uh, good to have you back, John. Good to have you back. Right, so we're yeah, going to press is. on. We're Welcome going... back. Welcome back, John. We're going to press on. Jim went for a cup of tea, and now he's uh, suffered some kind of technical failure. So we've lost Jim for the moment. If he reappears, then uh, he'll be welcome. But uh, at the moment, we can't hear him. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, he's ah, back. Am I back? Yes, you're back. You're back. Don't, ask, you're back. don't, don't yeah. ask me what it was. It just works. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there we go. Okay, All man. right, right. We're going to press I'm on. Going then. to Windows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, he's back. So we shall press on, and uh, we've got some tech stories, which are um, not necessarily the newest, but we haven't covered um, a site I've not heard of called Simple Gar. Um, has the evolution of camera phones visualized, which you know is quite interesting little uh, thing. If you if you like that. Um, it explains uh, evolution of phone cameras. It shows you uh, a variety such as the um, Sharp J SH04 um, from 2000 to 2022, where you can click through the different, uh, you know, sample pictures. Um, they've got a 2000 Samsung versus a 2022 Galaxy S22 Ultra, um, and variety of other phones, including. Um, Obviously, the iPhone. It's uh, if you're interested in that, it's that's interesting. Quite interesting yeah. sample. Um, interestingly, one of the better ones appears to be the Nokia seventy eight fifty through to uh, Nokia nine Pure View, where the pictures um, don't seem horrifically different. Whereas some of the others, the early pictures are really pretty poor. Um, anyway. There you go. There's a variety of uh, phones in there showing you the evolution of uh, camera phones. So that's an interesting article. Cool. I just thought I'd mention that one. Link in the show notes, of course. Um, then we have, uh, uh, could this breakthrough uh, make plastic production a truly circular? This was from Forbes. This is also a couple of weeks old. And um, apparently... Um, a report published earlier this year by the WWF highlighted the scale of the problem and noted that only 9% of plastic waste uh, has ever been recycled. Um, there we go. Uh, one of the biggest stumbling blocks... Mm, one of the biggest stumbling blocks has been the number of times plastic can be recycled. Depending on the type of plastic, this can be once to uh, any number of finite times. Um, recycled plastic cannot be used in food packaging or for pharmaceutical applications. Experts in Finland have developed a new process which they claim would convert most of the world's waste plastics back into usable virgin grade materials. Um, developed by the VTT Technical Research Centre of Finland, uh, which plans to spin out a new company called Olify Technologies, where the patent pending technology will be able to extract 70% virgin grain plastics and chemical raw materials from plastic waste. Um, this process is based around gasification, which turns solid fuel into gas. Uh, there we go. Um, 
depending on how expensive it is to run, I guess, uh, depends whether it's really, you know, um, commercially viable. Um, yeah, it's something It's something we need to take more and more care of. I mean, one of the good things about a lot of the battery technologies coming along is they are thinking right at the beginning, how are we going to recycle these? Yes. So, because uh, it's really important that we do. It is. Um, apparently, a working Olify pilot is successfully running at the VTT Centre in Espoo, Finland, and they are currently discussing partnerships and negotiating with investors for scaling business development and licensing the technology. Um, they are hoping the first industrial demonstration operation will be in operation by 2026. Uh, okay, well, I guess what they're talking about doing there is effectively, you know, uh, vaporising the plastic and then recovering the pure raw materials. Um, rather than trying to yeah. mash the, um, uh, you know, mash existing plastics back into something that you can mix in with other plastics and make bin bags or something from. Um, it says here, this process can turn 70% of plastic waste uh, to olefins and other valuable recycled hydrocarbons, which is significantly more than any other known thermal plastic technology. Um, he said this is also capable of recycling plastic waste, which contains aluminium foil, which is normally difficult to utilise. Uh, and it can be used again and again because the molecular structure of plastic is returned back to virgin grade quality every time. OK, well, let's hope that that um, pans out. Absolutely. Be a very, very, very good thing. Um, and one that, without any puns intended, caught... Uh, our eye, the first ever drug to treat cataracts, avoiding a need for surgery. Um, apparently here... No, I was, go on, then. No, I was just going to say, we were chatting about this, weren't we? My brother and brother-in-law have both had um, cataract operations fairly recently. Uh, and, and it's, I mean, modern cataract operations, on the whole, are um, very factory-like, really. You just wheel yeah, in, yeah. they do the operation, and you're wheeled out again. Um, but you know, if if this works, if they if they can actually have a drug that will stop it, and all the better. Yes. Uh, yeah. Results have been published today in this is some time ago in the peer-reviewed Journal of Investigative Ophthalmology and Visual Science. Um, according to the World Health Organization, 65.2 million people per worldwide uh, are living with cataracts, the leading cause of blindness and vision impairment. Um, here we go. Um, I think it was mentioned that it depends on what type of cataract you've got, whether the drugs can actually work on it or not. So, so I don't think it's all cataracts. It may, you may still end up, you know, if you've got the wrong one, getting the operation. I'm, I'm hoping it will be the drug-based uh, way of dealing it when, it when it comes to my cataracts getting dealt with, because I really don't fancy being wide awake and getting something poked into my eyes. Mm. It's really not that bad, Jim. I've been told oh. by my brother who is. Um, yeah, my brother is. Uh, is <laughs> well, so, I mean, I won't say my brother's. I won't mm. say my brother's a coward, but he, he he gets very worked up about anything. That's. I mean, he he he's terrified of the dentist. Mm. Um, so, um, and, and even he said it was straightforward, and he needn't have worried about it. Mm -hmm. So, so there you go. But yes, I agree. I'd prefer to have a drink as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, of course, the, the the main thing there, you know, is 
most of the people that you know suffer from cataract and you know uh, severe vision deficiency or blindness as a result don't live in you know uh, western countries there's people in africa and india mm. where it's a you know it's a terrible um problem because uh, they just don't have enough doctors even with a kind of production line to keep ahead of it so you know if a if a product could dissolve the uh, cataract or do whatever this drug does um that would be a, a, a very good thing tm there we go if you're interested in reading yeah, that apparently it di- apparently dissolves the proteins that actually cause the cloudiness mm-hmm. yes yes it used to be a ship that didn't uh, used to do uh, mass operations on Cataracts, oh, but... that's right. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, I seem to remember that as well. I think that was a Russian ship, if I mind rightly. Uh, I, I don't I recall, but yes, there, there used to be. There definitely was. Um, there are certainly definitely mm. charities who try to organise mass, you know, cataract operations in places like India or parts mm. of Africa or wherever. Um, there we go. It, there's also another reason that it could be helpful because uh, in the break I was telling Nick, my father had to have a cataract removed, but because of his blood pressure and then the COVID lockdown, he was unable to have mm. it done at the optimal time. And um, so when they finally got round to doing it, like two years later, it had gone brittle. So when they tried to remove it, instead of coming out, it broke into bits and fell into his eyeball, which led to him having to have a whole series of procedures to um, fill his eye with oil to, you know, um, flush out all the debris and then mm. another procedure to remove the oil. And he's still waiting for a lens. Um, as a result, so although he's no longer got a cataract, he's got no way to focus that eye, so you can't actually see out of that eye. So that would be something which, you know, hopefully could be cured without um, resort to surgery. There we are. So another nice tech story. Um, security and privacy as we push ahead. Uh, Apple collects the least amount of data out of the main tech companies, study suggests. I think that's a wow news nobody's surprised by um and also a few weeks old apple x protect is now more proactive with periodic malware scans this was on apple insider um x protect is the uh built-in malware defense um which has been in uh apple's products for some time um uh According to Howard Oakley of the the Eclectic Light Company, Apple introduced what's called X-Protect Remediator as part of the Monterey update. Um, In an update to the long-standing X-Protect system tool, this uh, was mainly used to check apps against signatures of known malware. Uh, Now, the X-Protect Remediate consists of executable code modules which can scan for and remediate detected malware. there we go. So, not known to many people, but apparently X-Protect has now been updated to help protect you. Um, good. With another good, you know, all good stuff. Um, right, Vinny and the Squirrels. This one isn't actually versus Ming-Chi Kuo, but a report says all iPhone 15 models will have the Dynamic Island, but not the always-on-screen or ProMotion. This was on 9to5Mac, and apparently this was uh, reliable analyst Ross Young says he expects Dynamic Island will come to all iPhone 15 models next year, but the other two features will remain exclusive to the Pro. Um, Duh, to be honest. Um, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the always on screen comes to the uh you know all the iPhones next year but um there we are. You would so, think so wouldn't you because because they're only making the batteries more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> with every release. So why would you not? Why yeah. would you not? Um you know. In fact I would have thought the um the dynamic island is it's much more like the um the strip on the um on the Max. Yes. Um, do you know what I mean? Yes. Whereas that didn't that didn't carry over to, to other devices, <laughs> and no. I think I think the uh, dynamic island is is much less likely to transfer over than the uh, always on in all honesty. Mm. Well, there you go. I mean, it, but we'll see. I mean, obviously at the moment the dynamic island relies on the you know the megapill or whatever it is the new sensor and camera being in that little uh, slot rather than a notch, and I would see that almost certainly going down to the you know the non-pro next year so you know that's how apple work isn't it so promotion maybe not but um always on probably whatever there we go i think that's a bit of a duh and i think um Vinny and the squirrels would agree that that's not really much of a prediction um we'll push on because nick is running out of time so um the worth of chirps uh how to set up eSIM on your new iphone 14 from TechCrunch, which applies mostly of course if you're in the us but um probably helpful to anybody who wants to know how to set up an eSIM. um apparently uh this new ios 16 feature is a game changer for anybody who struggles to keep track of their meds which is um on a site called self um says here it's easy for caretakers to make sure their loved ones stay healthy um which is basically there's a new there's a new med tracker to help you uh make sure you know that you take your um take your medication on time and also record that you've done it which is you know can be helpful for uh, people and share it with yes and share and it. share it with loved ones which is you know if if you're uh, suffering from dementia or whatever Yes, that's quite important. So, so your loved ones can see that you're taking your meds when you should be. Yes, yeah, that's good. And and if it doesn't show up, obviously you can, um, you know, someone can ring up and say, "Don't forget, have you taken your meds? Don't forget to that's take right. your medications." Yeah. Um, my wife doesn't exactly struggle to, to take her medications, although I have to admit it's going to get a little bit more difficult because. Up until now, she takes a lot of medications, and um, the pharmacy supply them in what they call dosset boxes or dosette, possibly, where she has a whole week's worth of things divided up into four um, four little compartments per day. I don't know if you've seen those, Nick. Are you familiar with those? Like you can buy? Um, no, I haven't. No, but quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of drugs have days of the week written on them and things like yeah, that well, this... to help you out. So. Yes, they do. But um, here, the pharmacy put them into a like a folio and there are four little um kind of plastic pockets per per day and um they put all the pills out so you 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 know you go monday morning monday lunchtime monday tea time monday bedtime and pop them out yeah and take that's them. really good yes that's really uh, useful because i mean it, even i occasionally will uh think i've taken those tablets or haven't i yeah well <laughs> unfortunately get sometimes uh, unfortunately due to government cutbacks none of the <clears throat> surge none of the pharmacies around here are going to do them anymore so the last pharmacy that was oh. supplying them which was asda um have said they can no longer afford the time or effort to do them for you 
Well, it's a shame. So we will now have to do them ourselves. There's a new business business opportunity for you. <laughs> what dosset boxes? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Apparently, due to government cutbacks, they can no, you know, the NHS cannot afford to pay for people to pre-pack mm. your uh, pre-pack your medications for you, which is going to be a bit of a problem for you know those who have more difficulty remembering to take their meds than uh, than my wife. Um, there we go. And uh, last little one, um, Live Home 3D 4.5 uh, launch. This was on Titbits, and this is, of course, from our friends at B-Light Software. Um, Live Home 3D home design software um, now has added support for Apple's room plan technology, which allows you to use LiDAR-equipped iPhone and so on so uh, to help you construct your um your home 3d model so there we go that's uh if you're a live uh home 3d user um be light have updated it there we go and just a snippet um i think alistair sent this one in apple website glitch sets the iphone 14 price at uh seven hundred and seventy seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven dollars per month <laughs> oh well that's that's it that seems a bargain a bargain yes yeah three quarters basically three quarters of a million dollars a month for, for a new iphone what a bargain there we are <laughs> somewhat Wonderful. amusing somewhat amusing and uh there we go what else was there something else i was going to say but it's gone out of my mind now so never mind oh dear there we are we've kind of reached the end um so as per usual i think uh we shall just do the wrap up which now is uh find us in the slack room to be honest uh you can follow me on yeah. t- twitter as at serenak that's s-e-r-e-n-a-k and the show is at essential apple um and that's about it join the slack room that's the easy way to get hold of us because uh Nick almost never uses it. I don't think Jim's on it at all, are you, Jim? No. Nope. This is Twitter. This is Twitter we're talking about, yeah. No. Nope. No. You can follow you can find Jim on um Flickr where he posts all these lovely photographs. So uh, the link to that's in the show notes. And uh, I think for now, other than saying thank you for listening and thank you to everybody who supports us, we will uh, all just say goodbye until next time. So goodbye. Cheerio. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, 
Bart Bouchot and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. I don't know who you are, but I will find you. And when I do, you had better be listening to the Tech Fan Podcast. Because if you're not, well, you may not live long enough to regret it. Remember, it's called the Tech Fan Podcast. Listen, and you won't regret it. again another time. Until then, goodbye.